Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone who is listening to this. Um, my name is Hadassah Jackson, and I am in Mr. Ford's CSJ class for the fourth marking period. Today, I am joined by Michaela Morgan. Okay, she is not in CSJ, but next year she hopes to be in CSJ. Um, and today, we are recording a podcast episode. So. The overall topic of this podcast is the overall economic impediments to care, including mental health care and how those impediments can disproportionately affect some groups. So before we get into the real meat and potatoes of the conversation, um, I want to start off by asking and getting your input, getting your opinion on what do you think stops people from seeking help for their mental health? Like... Do you think there are societal? Do you think it's economic issues? Do you think it's racial? Do you think it's age? Like, what do you think stops people from seeking help for their mental health? Um, I would say possibly just economic and racially motivated because, you know, racially, black people do make less money than white people. And economically, just because not everyone has an equal chance as making enough money to support their mental health Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely think it is societal as well because society um i think there are certain things within society that we can get into definitely later that stop people from seeking help or you know make them nervous or whatever the case may be but yeah i 100 percent agree with you so i do have some statistics So, according to nimh.nih.gov, about 31.9% of teenagers have diagnosed anxiety, and out of the whole world population, about 19.1% of adults have um, diagnosed anxiety. Um, So, what do you think about that? Um, I guess it just shows that not everyone, like I said, gets to have the chance to see a professional about their mental health or if they do they might not have the chance to become formally diagnosed in order to start receiving treatment or whatever they choose to do to help themselves get over or get through their issues right right. um according to discoverymood.com about 20 percent of teens have diagnosed depression and about 30% are being treated for it, and out of the entire world population, only about 3.8% of people are being treated. So, I mean, this kind of goes back even to the first question, like, what do you think is stopping people from, you know, getting help for, or getting help with their mental health? Like, what do you think is that roadblock that's just in the way of, you know, getting the help that they need? Um... I mean, I guess you could say not only that they're not making enough money or anything, but maybe just their mental health itself could be blocking them from feeling or having enough confidence to go and seek help. Like, you know, they could feel if you have anxiety, they could they could get anxiety from talking about it or maybe they're just not being recognized to even know that they have a mental issue or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think 
that is something that does stop people. I think their own mental issues or mental, um, what's the word? Their own mental health thing that are going on within their own mind or within their own body is definitely stopping them from getting the help to even treat that. So yeah. And, um, the average pill bottle of like medication to aid with your mental health health if you do end up going that route is around $62.50 for just 30 tablets. So just in general, how do you feel when you hear these statistics and just how do you feel about them in general? Um, it's very interesting how that you, you really don't get your money's worth because you're paying a lot of money for something that can only last you a week or two weeks depending on what your prescription is or how many times a day you're supposed to take it and whatnot but um it's yeah it's just interesting because it's like you know it should you should be up for you to have a mental health and you should be accommodated for and not and be able to get more for what you're paying because it's already a struggle to be able to pay that much so there should be some kind of lead way right 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 and i think people don't even take into account like how much this stuff can add up because even like you said that's 62 that's almost 63 dollars for 30 pills or 30 tablets and let's say you have to take two every day one in the morning one at night right or one before you eat breakfast one after you eat dinner like whatever the case may be right that's only around two weeks you're getting right you know enough medicine for and then in another two weeks, you're going to need to pay another almost $63. And then every two weeks for however long you feel as if you need to be on the med, you right. need to be on the medication or however long your um, health care provider right. tells you you need to be on it. Like that can right. cost a lot of money. And like you still have bills to pay. Okay, you still have bills. You still have. It could be like, a lifetime thing. And exactly. That, that adds up if you were to like the calculations i'm sure that costs exactly. lots of money exactly that's like what like a hundred and twenty something dollars every month and then mm-hmm. multiply that by 12 right and then you get that by how much it is for a year and then like that's not even accounting for if you need to pay for therapy sessions because i know right. a therapy session for 45 minutes can run you like two hundred dollars right and then let's say you have time. to do that two times a week three times a week like on top of the already $100 that you're paying per month and however much you need it like that it's a lot adds up and you still have a life outside of that right you know you still have like you said the bills you still you know have to get groceries you let's say you have a car you have to get your car thing you have to it's just a lot of things that can add up that people don't consider exactly right and it just becomes a lot harder to pay for all of that especially if you're not bringing in you know a thousand dollars two thousand dollars you know what i mean like every week exactly so that yeah 100 percent. and i this kind of leads into what we were just talking about but how do you think that these um economic issues or these economic factors affect lower income communities getting or seeking help for their own mental health I mean, like I said, not everyone has the allowance to afford these medications, so it's detrimental to their mental health. Not only mental, mental, but also physical, because that could 
you know, you not having enough money could lead you to having some kind of issues, personal issues that could just lead to many other instances. Um, and just, it's important that you can seek help because it's just difficult. Right. And even just like we were saying, not having enough money, like you, you might be, you know, so I don't want to say far gone because that's like not what I'm trying to say, but you could be so not well mentally and the only way to help is you know getting the pills or getting the medication and you know seeking a therapist and it's like when you can't even do that like when you finally have some sort of resort that you can like look to and just look at as like okay this is exactly something that you can Mm -hmm. rely on as soon as you're not able to have that like right it changes a lot exactly and it doesn't I don't even think it just affects lower income communities because I think even people who are in like middle or high class there are going to be times where you're not making as much money as like you can make a lot of money or you can make not as much money so those times when you're not making as much money can feel really tight and even then that can put more strain on your mental health like that can make Right. The stress coming from not having a, a source of income to provide for that could put stress on you, which exactly. could account to that. Exactly. Um, I'm sure you already know this, but in case you don't, mental health is not included in like your health care or mm-hmm. health insurance. Yeah. Like, um, it's not included. It's I don't know if it's seen as like how because I know with other cosmetic procedures and other things that um, health insurance doesn't cover. I know you have to pay for all that out of pocket. And some of it, it makes sense. Like, if you're going to get plastic surgery, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not from, like, a freak accident or something, you're just trying to, you know... Just for your own reason. Exactly. Like, make you look different so that you can feel better within your own self. Right. Like, that isn't covered with your health insurance. But mental health is it falls under that like it's not included in health insurance right do you think it should be like do you think mental like do you think getting uh, a like antidepressants every once in a while and going to therapy and doing things that is going to aid your mental health do you think that this should be included within your health um, insurance and like why and I truly do believe it should be included. Um, it's important to recognize that physical health and mental health are both equally as important. So it's not it's not always a choice that you need to seek help either with medication or talking to someone or talking to a professional. It's not it's not always a choice. So it should be included because it your mental health can impact your physical health. So, and it should be stopped and before it even gets to that point, and it could just simply be stopped by having it included in your insurance and just having it be accepted, like, it should, it just all should be equally as important. One mm-hmm. thing is not more important than the other. Exactly, exactly. And I've had plenty of conversations with you, I've had plenty of conversations with, like, my sister about it, and we've always said, if you... If you can have a doctor for your leg, if you can have a doctor for your heart, if you can have a doctor for your own stomach health, if you can have a doctor for, mm-hmm. like, your spine, 
if you can have a chiropractor, like if you can have, right. you know, doctors for different areas of your body, right. why is your brain any different? Right. And I think mental health, although it is becoming within like Gen Z and, you know, mm-hmm. the newer generation, although it is becoming more of a widely accepted and almost like almost too accepted sometimes mm-hmm. topic because people kind of use it for their own personal gain or personal benefit but it is becoming it's definitely becoming a more um widely accepted topic but with the older generations like the generations before us exactly it's still a very conservative very not talked about exactly it's a very hush hush type exactly very taboo um so it's like what do you what do you think about that like what do you think with older generations saying we've all we all know what older generations right. say about <laughs> mental health we do they right. say it's not right. you know if you say you can't talk oh, about it okay you're not supposed to bring it up right, right. if Depression you say you're not real okay it's not <laughs> like if you say oh i have anxiety then it's like, like mm, no you don't. it's because that phone right <laughs> you need to get outside more. always in the house always in the house like right what I don't know. I guess it's kind of like a two-part question. But what do you think needs to be done for the older generation to kind of just understand mental health more? And, I mean, that's really it. Like, what do you Mm -hmm. think the older generation can do? What do you think we can do to kind of educate them? Like, I mean, I think we're doing a okay job. And I say okay only because we do an okay job at... Um, of putting it out there, like, you know, giving more recognition towards having mental health issues. But I think sometimes the way that we put it out there isn't always the best way. Sometimes it comes off too passive-aggressively or just it's not said the right way or we're not explaining it in a, a good way without context. So I guess it's just putting it more into daily life in a way. Um, in order for them to understand that it is important and that it's okay to talk about. I'm sure there are certain instances where we don't need to talk about it. Like, you know, just if you're out to dinner, like you don't need to be talking about it. But I think that if there is an occurrence that happens and you think that it has something to do with your mental health, then I think it is important that you bring it up because like, it's just important to acknowledge that you're not doing it just to be doing it, you know, something, whatever the case may be. It's a reason why it's happening, and it's a valid, extremely valid reason as to why it's happening. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for having this conversation. I think it was good. I think it was actually really good. I think yeah. that we talked about a lot, and I think, I think for people who are listening to this episode which is the only episode, I think, where people who are listening to it, um, I think as, you know, a whole, we want you to feel concerned and, you know, mm-hmm. try to take action right. because mental health is just as important as getting help for your heart, getting help right. for different parts of your body. It's just as important. Um, and we just want to make everyone aware of the disproportionate Mm-hmm. Um, factors that come with you know mm-hmm. having mental health but yeah thank you for having this conversation thank you for having me and yeah